Is that Mission Impossible? I feel like that's Mission Impossible. Shoot, I thought that was just like a generic spy. That's Mission Impossible, right? Well, we're talking about aliens. So we are wearing our red wigs, and we have our lipstick that explodes TVs. And my watch, which is also a bomb detonator. Ooh. And my floss, because um, good good hygiene is just important. And it does nothing except for take care of my gums. You don't want to be worrying about root canals when you are fighting (sighs) crime. Bad guys overseas. Are they bad guys? I don't know. We'll get into that we'll on today's show. But Alias was a TV show that ran from 2001 to 2006, starring Jennifer Garner, also featuring Victor Garber, who is Mr. Andrews on Titanic, if you remember. Heartbreaking. A very young and um, just awful hair dye jobbed. Bradley Cooper. <laughs> oh, the frosted tips. Michael Vartan, who is a CIA agent. Or is he? Dun, We're dun, not dun. giving away anything. And who is her boss? I can't think of that actor's name. I don't know. Another guy that plays her boss. But directed by J.J. Abrams. Yes. This was long before, not really long before, but this was before Lost. Yep. This was before the Star Trek movies. Yep. This was before the Star Wars movies. Before Westworld, so kind of like a jumping off point for him after Felicity, which I didn't realize he directed. I didn't realize that. Uh, I know, and apparently Jennifer Garner was on Felicity occasionally. I don't, see, Felicity is one that I'd like to revisit because I it was a little too old for me. I I'm was, gonna I'm gonna be honest. I rented it last year on DVD because I still have a DVD player. It was hard to watch it, having really? been in college around that time. It would like made me really uncomfortable. What? It was just, it was too much. I don't know. It was too early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s for me. It was, and she was too wishy-washy and I struggle with wishy-washy uh, characters. That's why right. I like Jennifer Garner because she's not wishy-washy. Get it together for She'll this. pop you in the chops, steal the things she's supposed to steal <laughs> and then get back to the United States. Kapow! All in heels and a... Not sensible shoes. Usually like cool boots. Oh. They're not like stilettos usually. Or when she did have stilettos on in the one episode. What was it She really? took them off and what she ran. Was it really? Yeah, but then she had a little <gasps> pin. The heel was a, a lock pick. We're going to talk about the whole thing before Sam gets here. And we have a great guest today, Sam, who is a member of our digital services team. And you might see Sam if you come into the computer room yep. and use our memory lab, which not a lot of people know that we have. If you have old media, like your old reel-to-reel family tapes, or I think they do like cassettes and VHS tapes and Mm -hmm. like old home movies that you would like to digitize, bring them here and you can do it for free. Yeah, set up an appointment and they will hook you up. And it's amazing. You may have actually seen it mentioned. It was recently mentioned on the cover of Troy Today, which was pretty exciting. I felt pretty pretty famous when it arrived at our house and my husband was like, hey, Troy Library's on the front page. So, oh gosh. Let's get Sam in here. Giddy up. Obviously, this is my favorite. That's why I picked it. Yeah. (laughs) So great intro. Sam, will you tell us why you picked this show, Alias? So um, I have loved this TV show since high school. Mm -hmm. It was right on the heels of finishing like Buffy. Okay. And when you see a strong female character who's not afraid to cry, but also not afraid to, you know, kick butt when she needs to, Mm -hmm. it's kind of awesome. Totally. I didn't discover the show when it premiered. It was actually like 2003, I want to say right before the third season came out. Okay. So I was able to catch up. But... That that first season, the pilot, it just caught me off guard. How old were you when you loved when you first watched it and decided you loved it? Oh, fourteen or I would say either mm. fifteen or sixteen. Mm-hmm. So I was at that age where you're goofy and gangly and weird and just a weird, just per- a weird person, right? And- <laughs> I mean, I'm speaking for myself here. <laughs> I wouldn't say I was Same. weird, but I was a very angry teenager. Yeah. 
And so I think this was the first show where I could actually say, hey, I love this show. Yeah. Yeah. I love this show. Thank you for bringing the show into my life. I had never seen it before. You had Manda, right? I did. Um, So this came out when I was, um, I think, my senior year of college. And I don't know that I would have started watching it, quite honestly, because the only night I watched TV was the old Thursday night lineup. It was like Friends, Seinfeld, Mm -hmm. Frasier, ER, and my roommate and I, that was the only night we didn't go out. We stayed at home. We put on our pajamas, and we watched the NBC4, right? Okay. But... I met this guy that I worked with and he was really into the show and I was really into him. So I would go to his apartment and watch the show with him and another friend. And I caught part of the show, but a lot of it was me kind of longingly looking at him and watching him just enjoy this like show and me being like, (laughs) but what I did catch of it, I did enjoy. And I really liked Jennifer Garner in the role back then, but I totally blacked out that memory suppressed it that's what marriage makes you do it makes you suppress all those memories of people that you liked before your spouse oh yeah many moons ago so it was funny when i watched it, i was like oh my god i watched this with victor this guy that i like oh shout out to victor shout out to victor wherever he is <laughs> um but he was very distracting when you're yeah. trying to watch a show though <laughs> stop ruining the show for me victor. <laughs> um but yes yeah, so this was not new but it was coming back to it and watching it um i watched the pilot the other night by myself and i told my husband you need to watch the pilot on thursday when i have to close the library because i want to keep watching this and i think you're going to enjoy it and we've watched the first um the next five episodes together so I've done the first six. I've already ordered season two from the library. Yes. You still have a DVD player. The library has it on DVD for checkout. So shout out to Troy Public mm. Library for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So yeah. So coming back to like an old friend in a sense for me 20 years later. Yeah. It's definitely my comfort story, mm. like my comfort show. And when I was preparing for this, I'm like, okay, I'll watch the pilot and I'll, I'll start all over. And then... I was like, I don't need to because I'm reciting things along with the, yeah, the characters on the sure. te- on on the show. So I was like, I'll just put on a season and I'll just watch it straight through. I have a question because yes. for some of maybe our younger listeners, they might not remember the days before you could stream everything and catch up because, you know, like... Hulu, Netflix, Prime, if you get into a show nowadays and you jump in on episode, you know, one of season three, you can generally go back and watch Mm -hmm. season one and season two, catch up. That's kind of what I did with Game of Thrones when we had HBO. I went back to the beginning and kind of caught up with what I'd missed. But back in the early 2000s, we didn't have streaming yet. So what you would have done if you jumped in in season three is you missed season one and season two. So Sam, did you have to catch that in reruns, which were during the summer when new episodes weren't coming out, they would run the old episodes from the previous year. That's the way we kind of caught stuff when you got into it. Yeah, that's how I did it, is I caught, I could not even tell you a random episode. And I was like, hey, this show's kind of cool. And then it was in between seasons. It had to have been, season two is when I started watching. It had Mm -hmm. to have been because I remember what they call the Super Bowl episode. Mm. The Boy, first I read about that today. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, it didn't work, but it is a critically acclaimed episode because yeah. of what happens in the episode. Oh, I can't wait till I get to that one yeah. now. I'm um, super excited. And then I caught up from there, and I was like, okay, I love this show, and mm-hmm. my parents bought me all five seasons as they came out oh, for Christmas for my birthday. Sweet. Those are good stuff. parents. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I was talking to my mom about it yesterday and I was like, oh, I have to talk about Elias. And she was like, oh, such a hardship for you. Yeah. <laughs> I remember buying you all of those yeah. DVDs. So I hadn't watched it before this. So mm-hmm. I watched the first couple episodes. I think I may have when I was young, may have just caught snippets of it when it was on TV. Mm-hmm. But I never watched the whole thing. And so I was trying to put myself in the head of a teenage girl. Because I think, because I know, Sam, you had watched it when you were a teenager. And I do get, like you said, the girl power thing Mm -hmm. jumped out at me immediately. Mm -hmm. I thought about how she was, she had real life grounding her. So she Mm -hmm. had like, it starts off, I was so surprised how it started off with like being proposed to. And it seemed like realistic fiction like kind of show. And she has school and she has like this friend that she hangs out with. And then also it's this like bad guy world too. Mm -hmm. 
the way Jennifer Garner navigates the so I never got the Jennifer Garner thing before. I never <laughs> I never watched the show before. So I was always like I wrote Where down did she come from. I was like Jennifer Garner, religious mom or action hero. Like I've never been able to understand <laughs> yeah. her. Like who, who are you? <laughs> But I get in this role, she's like so good. Like when mm. she's the like action hero y person, she is one person. Yep. And then when she's talking to her friend on the couch with a glass of wine about their like boyfriends or whatever, she is a completely different person. Yeah. Like her face changes, her mm. voice changes. Mm-hmm. It's so impressive. Yeah. It's so, like she's so perfect for this. But anyway, so I did have a question. Yes. So what do you, for both of you, what do mm-hmm. you think? So I've been thinking about this like dual split life thing. Mm-hmm. And so oh, for a thoughts. teenager who's in school, is the appeal of the show that the beat up international spy stuff, is that putting the school stuff into perspective? Like, oh, school isn't, you know, that bad. There's this real life thing happening. Or is the show illustrating that the school real life stuff feels as big and important as the beat em up, like life or death stuff? Because I couldn't decide, and maybe it's kind of both. I was going to say, it's probably both, because in high school, everything, I don't care who you are, everything that happens to you is huge. Yeah. But at the same time, it's almost like, yeah, I have this life where I go to school every day and I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be this student, but at the same time, I go home. And in my case, I'm so much older than my siblings that I i wouldn't say I was a mom, but I was definitely what they considered a role model. Really? Mm-hmm. So I had to balance, you know, real life with school life where I was probably a different person mm-hmm. because I was around people my age, whereas at home, like I said, I was a very angry teenager. Mm-hmm sulky always in my room mm-hmm. and things like that she does what do you think man no go ahead say what you're gonna say i was just gonna say she's so good at anger like her face so there was a um a publicity shot that i saw of her standing next to jj abrams and they were both trying you know the camera person probably said like look serious or look angry <laughs> And J.J. Abrams looks like I would look if I tried to do that. It's like kind of cringe. <laughs> like, and like scowly, nerdy. weird cringe. It's, and it's like trying to like feel himself. Like he's like. <laughs> it's like that like, picture of the all the guys from the outsiders in their like 60s, like greaser outfits trying to look tough. And it's, all exa- like, it's like someone trying to look tough. Yeah, yeah. And then Jennifer Garner's face, she just has this like. She's just like such a star. She must have TMJ because the amount of times <laughs> I catch her grinding like her jaw to, uh-huh. to move that muscle. I don't know what that muscle right there is, uh-huh. but I catch her and I watch that because I had a problem doing that when I was younger. I would grind my teeth. Mm. Thousands of dollars later, folks, don't grind your teeth. Lesson learned. But I'm like, God, does she have TMJ like 20 years later? Because she does that. She clenches her jaw so her much during jaw. the movie. And it's like the scenes with Victor Garber, who plays her dad. And she's all, I feel like there are so many times in the first six episodes where she's like looking to like let him redeem himself. And he's such a giant turd that <laughs> he, you can just see her. She gets so mad and she does. She like flips that anger switch. And her, I feel like her emotional, like, um, rainbow that she's on where she bounces, it's like watching uh, yeah. your gas meter go up and down yeah. so you fill up and run out of gas. I mean, she can be like, like someone said earlier, I can't remember who it was, but she can be like, uh, I think it was you, Olivia. She has like a lighter voice with her friends and she's like the girl next door and she's got the dimples and totally. she's super sweet. And then when she's the spy, unless she's using the dimples to like trick somebody into trusting her that she's a sweet, innocent girl, she is like when Bruce Wayne's voice gets deeper, when Christian Bale, that's the one I'm thinking, when Christian Bale played Batman. Yes. Yeah. And when he's Batman, he's all, I'm going to come to your house and get you. I do the Batman voice with my <laughs> nieces and nephew when I'm kind of mad. So joking with them where I'm like get go brush your teeth uh-huh. <laughs> or the bat's gonna come and the kids all laugh because they know it's like I'm not really mad but mm-hmm. she can do that her character yeah. does do that and it's interesting to see a woman do that yes because I feel like you more see a guy kind of like use his testosterone and talk deeper so when Jennifer Garner this petite little pixie's doing it you're like holy crud she's gonna yeah. kick the bejesus out of me and kick my butt yeah so but the emotions in this spot on i know yeah one of my favorite things is when she's a when she does her her alias whatever it is swagger 
She's got that swagger, Mm -hmm. which is very different to her as a person. Yes. It's, she knows she's playing a character and she knows she has to sell it, but it is just so much fun to watch when she is pretending to be other people. Yes. Yeah. That, that's also, I was writing down a list of like, I think I wrote, why might young girls like it? And I have my little bulleted list, and that was on it as being somebody else yeah. for a while. Get out of your own skin. Yep. Yeah. I have a question, yes. and maybe you you could might be able to answer this mm-hmm. because you're a big fan. So throughout the episode, they will show the word, uh, they'll show what um, city she's in doing her spy stuff with her partner. And um, occasionally they will highlight a letter. Yes. In like, let's say she's in Hong Kong, the N might be highlighted. Let's say she's in like Baltimore, the A might be highlighted. Do you, should I be writing those letters down? Because I said to my husband the other day, I said, (laughs) they keep highlighting different letters in these words. I said, I feel like I should write them down because they're spelling out some kind of like spoiler or clue for something later. Is there anything there? Or am I just imagining that? No. So when the show first started, I want to say the first three seasons or maybe even just the first two seasons, Mm -hmm. each letter did mean something. Okay. But I don't know what if it spelled out anything. I do know at one point, I think there was a website dedicated to trying to figure out, but they were, and it probably has something to do with the Mueller device. Okay. More than likely, which sets up the mythology for the rest of the show. Sure. And the Mueller device is that thing that was supposed to be made by Rimbaldi, right? Correct. And for folks who haven't seen the show and are kind of curious what we're talking about, there's this kind of, like you said, this mythology that becomes part of the story with this agency agency that she works for, where they're trying to figure out this kind of, these clues, these codes left by this guy from the 14th century, I or think. Something, uh, some, some fake guy named Rimbaldi who is, I, I think, kind of loosely based on like a Da Vinci where he figured out all these cryptograms and like puzzles and left all these clues that they were like he was a prophet ahead of his time in the story um this Rimbaldi character that was able to figure out all this technology in the 1400s which you know was way ahead of what we have had when the show was on at the time you know cell phones in the 1400s things like that which it's so funny when you say that it sounds so ridiculous with like a spy movie or i'm sorry a spy tv show but it really works on the show the way that they work it in it doesn't feel far-fetched or ridiculous or like wow okay all right i'll follow along it's got like some indiana jones elements where they're going after this thing and they drop hints yeah and i don't think i noticed it until i was actually watching watching trying to figure things out Mm -hmm. but yeah they like from the first episode they drop hints and you start to see recurring themes jj abrams his most favorite thing is the red ball you look at star trek lost anything he's ever done Mm -hmm. there's some sort of red ball (laughs) interesting yeah and the theme song um when it shows it spells out alias like it's talking Mm -hmm. or like it's typing this tells you how obsessed i've watched the commentary the commentary those are videos of his kids oh no kidding yeah that's interesting. Now I'm going to have to actually pay attention when I watch it. That's usually when I'm like running and grabbing stuff like a drink or something to right. sit down and watch it. Yeah. Interesting. What would be like, you know how some people hide stuff like the red ball, whatever, and there's always kind of like the Easter eggs in Marvel movies where it's like the clues for the next movie mm-hmm. coming out in the Marvel universe or whatever. If you were a director, guys, and you wanted to like leave your signature something in every movie you made, what would it be? A dolphin. Oh, we just that goes with our summer reading theme. There, there you go. There you go. But dolphins have been one of my favorite animals since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I have dolphin on my she's necklace. Show, she's showing us a dolphin necklace um, that my dad got for me while he was in Kuwait. He got it in Saudi Arabia. Oh. I have dolphin figurines and all of that stuff. So probably a dolphin in some fashion. Okay. Interesting. Now, did you live all over the world? I did not. Oh. Not like some do. Are you a military brat? Yes. And I mean that in the, the most flattering way, not in a bad way. Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. What what branch of military? Air Force. Okay. Very cool. Olivia. Mm-hmm. My yeah. calling card? What yeah, what would be, be your calling card? Um, If it were an animal, so I'm going to have to narrow it down because it, it would, doesn't have to be an animal. But I'm, that's ha- helping me to narrow it down okay. because I'm fundamentally uncreative. Um, would be <laughs> a heron, um, which are my favorite animals. 
Let me keep thinking about it. Did you have something? Oh, in my... a blue heron flew over our house the other day. I love those. Oh, they fly so awkward, but I do love them. I feel like mine, and this is so super nerdy to be in a librarian, but I love librarian stuff. Like I have a card catalog, old card catalog at home. I feel like mine would be like a nod to the Dewey Decimal System. Ooh. Because oh, there are the certain Dewey Decimal numbers that are significant to me based on my favorite sections in the Dewey Decimals. Into 811.54. <gasps> Get that, out of my head, weirdo. We are kindred spirits. 811.54, folks, <laughs> for people that are non-nerdy librarians, that is the Dewey Decimal number for poetry. I almost got a tattoo of that. Like, <gasps> let's get matching. <gasps> that would be a cool my tattoo. Would kill me. Yeah. Just come home, he'd be like, what's that now? <laughs> 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 Close your ears, oh. Dad. Right, it, but it would taps. be it would be Danny DeVito, Wild oh, right. Thing from our first episode, the Wild Thing that Olivia said looks like Danny DeVito. It would be him, <laughs> and it would have eight eleven point five four across his chest <gasps> in one of the stripes on his. We're shirt. making plans. Just saying, that would be a really cool tattoo. Though. That would be right. Yeah. Do you think um, loneliness is a theme of the show too? Yes. Yeah. Yes, because she is very isolated from her friends because they. Mm-hmm don't know or they can't know obviously because of what happens to danny um fiance yep right oh that well that was such a great way to set that up yeah we agreed before the show friends that are listening that we would only give spoilers of things that happen in the first episode Mm -hmm. so that we won't ruin anything coming up but just to kind of like entice you enough to watch it so can you, uh, Sam, tell us a little bit about what happens with Danny? So, um, Danny is Sydney's boyfriend. Um, I want to say not even five minutes into the first episode, he proposes to her. She's super thrilled to a degree. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can kind of tell she's not when he proposes a little bit. I was like, oh, this isn't I good. I hate a public proposal. I'm going to say it. It's my hot take. Well, I don't also, like it was them. embarrassing because he like sings really loud. Yeah. It, seemed really like, loud. it seemed really garish. I think I actually said to Scott, I was like, that was like the most garish, embarrassing proposal. <laughs> I didn't like it <laughs> I was just all. like, what is this? I don't understand it. Like, why do you need that much attention? I think it's like between two people. So also, why is it? I was five minutes into the episode not having dated Sydney, and I could already tell she was a private person. So I was like, why would you do this to her? It made me so mad. I was like, ugh. So um, SD6, which is the agency she works for, has a rule because they're supposed to be black ops. They're supposed to be off the book. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to know that they exist. Mm-hmm. They, you can't tell anybody anything. So Sydney eventually does tell Danny, and Danny gets mad, which I can get because she's kind of been lying to him, sure. saying that she works for a bank. And then... While she's on a mission in Taipei, he calls and he's drunk and leaves a message on her voicemail. Mm-hmm. Or, well, it was an answering machine. The answering machine. <laughs> For our friends that are super young, when people used to call your house when we still had house phones, they could leave you a answering mis- machine message yes. that everybody in your house, in essence, could play. And it was recorded on a tape, so you could play it over and over again. It was magic technology. Could everyone in your house? It was could so embarrassing. Like if somebody you liked called you and they're like, "Hey, you know, I just want to know if you want to go to the movies." It's like, "Oh my god, nobody else listened to that." Yeah, yeah. Don't delete that message if it yeah. was someone you liked. Right? Sorry, but um, SD six monitors all of their agents, all yeah. of their communications. So it would have been fine. If he hadn't said, you know, the magic words like spy and agency yeah, and yeah. things like that. And her boss, Sloan, yes, you can hate him. He, he's awful. He's a terrible person. He doesn't get any better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave it right there. But he orders basically a hit on Danny. And he talks to, to Sydney's father, Jack, who's played by Victor Garber. Mm-hmm. And Jack's like, I'll take care of it. And then Sydney comes home, sees her apartment or house or whatever it is, is trashed. Mm -hmm. She comes in, Danny's dead in the bathroom. And probably one of the best hysterically screams Mm -hmm. I've ever heard from a person. Mm -hmm. Um, That was good. And then it cuts to, and she's racing to get to 
Credit Dauphine, which is the front for SD6 to confront Sloan. Yeah, the bank name. Yeah. Which I have to laugh a little bit because when she tells her friends that she's traveling, it's always, oh, I have to go on a trip for the bank. And I'm like, couldn't they have made her like a flight attendant? Someone that travels a little bit more. I would be asking like my other friends, like, God, what kind of bank do you travel that much? I mean, even internationally, I was like, her friends are either really playing along and they're just like, oh, wink, wink. Or they're just really obtuse, I feel like, a little bit. Like, that's the one thing. I feel like there's always one thing you kind of pick apart in a show. Mm-hmm. And that's the one for me where I'm like, seriously. And the fact that she talks on her cell phone with her best friend while she's doing spy stuff. I was like, you got to keep head in the game, Sydney. That made me she nervous. Did. She did. She's talking with her best friend. I can't think of her name. Francie. Francie. Are you yeah. talking about when the, when she's in the parking garage? Nope. Uh, I'm talking about when they are setting up, and this is a later episode, so I don't want to say too much, but they're setting up to spy on someone from like a higher vantage point and they're getting the whole area set up with sound equipment and she's talking to her best friend. She comes around the corner and just like ends the call and starts talking to her spy partner. I was like, what in the fresh heck is this? Like, come on. (laughs) Head in the game, Sydney Bristow. (laughs) But I think at the same time, she can't ignore the call. She can't. Because if she's where she says she is. She should be able to talk. That's yeah. true. So it is a good part of the front, but it's also like you're making me nervous because I feel like you're going to miss a detail in your spy work. Well, that's fair. I did <laughs> like that. Um, I do really, really respond to anything where you have to pretend that you're someone else. Like mm-hmm. even those, have you ever played those games, those social deception games where you're like one night a werewolf or something and you have, oh, to, yeah. you have to convince people something is true and it's basically like sanctioned lying. So yeah. it's like, that's part of the game. The Donner party game. Yeah. Stuff like that. Have you that. ever played that? Oh, it's very manipulative or the, yeah, those oh. games where you're like the murder mystery night and yeah. you basically use your skills of manipulation. Olivia, I feel like you'd be really good at this game. I love those games. And so then I love, and that's also what I love about the spy stories is how they like change their outfit and how Mm -hmm. just by like a small change, Mm -hmm. they become someone else. That's why I loved the Born Identity movies. I love, love those movies. You can't tell me nothing. I love them. No, no, no. Those movies are (laughs) so good. Except the one where they tried to have Jason. um, I like the first one. I don't know. I can't. Who's the uh, Jeremy Renner? Yeah. The one with Jeremy Renner where he was the newborn and I was just like. The newborn. Oh, <laughs> the new Jason like, Bourne. Um, that one was not. I didn't care for that one. I like the original Matt Damon three. I like the Matt Damon, which ones. I heard. I don't know if this is true. I thought I read something that they were going to make another one with him as Bourne. Oh, good. they have four out with him as Bourne. What? So they have the Bourne Identity, the Bourne Supremacy, Ultimatum. Oh, Ultimatum, then Supremacy, and then they just have one just called Bourne. <gasps> I don't think we saw that one. We gotta watch it. Okay, I guess maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Dang. I do like that. I like that. Um, or that uh, that video game Hitman. I oh yeah, really that yeah. I, that game's fun, and you get to. It's basically you are in a social situation. Sometimes it's like in a suburb, or you're in a city, or you're in. But you're also outside of it because you you get to create this persona, mm-hmm. you know, which I think would be really appealing when I was a teenager. Because you're trying to figure out who you are when you're a teenager, so you're trying on all these different things. But to think of that not just as like self-exploration, but as your job, I yeah. think is really appealing. Like you have to do it for the good of everyone. Interesting. And she's super glamorous. And the outfits she are is. so cool. They're fun. They feel, there was a scene in the, I think it's the first episode, she's wearing bootcut pants when she's running. Oh, I'm those like, bootcut oh pants. Oh, yeah. I miss bootcut pants I in the early too. 2000s, you guys. I miss them so hard. I was telling someone the other day in the children's department, we were talking about clothes. As well, A couple of our interns are a bit younger than me. One's like, oh, God, 12 or 15 years younger than me. And so, you know, when we talk about the clothes that we wore when we were in college, that she's not very far removed from that versus me going to school in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I was like, boot, cut, pants need to come back. You could wear any shoes you wanted to wear. Yes. Yeah. Comfortably. And I was telling her, man, I had this pair right around the time that this show was starting or 2001, I had these corduroy boot-cut pants. I know, guys, corduroys that were boot-cut. It gets better. This is so tacky now, but I love these (laughs) pants so much. They had leather strapping 
down the thighs on the side. So they had this crisscross <gasps> pattern on the outside. Oh, the that was that super, kind of the pattern. cords on the corduroys that were boot cuts. That was so cool it for a cool. hot second. And I now look at this picture of me in my senior year of college <laughs> wearing these and just being so pleased with myself. And I am pretty mortified um, that I wore these. I'm like, they are really ugly. When she strides across that campus wearing those does. boot cut, low, low rise, but boot cut jeans, yeah, it just gave me this immediate nostalgia. Yes. I was also thinking about how that like separate lives that she has, that girl mm-hmm. next door, mm-hmm. and then the angry like mm-hmm. woman duality was a big thing in the early 2000s. Like, do you remember when it was like Britney versus Christine? Yes. yes. Was, like, everything same. was this thing. But this is the same woman. She's like one person and she gets to be all these different things. Yeah. Which is kind of, that was not how it was. You had to like pick your person. You had to be like whole summer flirty dirty. That was the Brittany Christina thing. It was. Yeah. Wait, say that again. You had to be wholesome or you had to be the flirty dirty girl where you were like, I'm the girl that likes to party. Right. And maybe then some, you just never knew. And it was, that's what, that to me was what Brittany versus Christina was. Cause Brittany Spears did the like, you know, I'm wholesome. I'm wearing these cute little schoolgirl outfits. Girl, Although yeah. it's kind of like pushing the bounds of like, yeah, sort of wholesome, but also kind of gross. Mm-hmm. And then you had Christina Aguilera who had the song Dirty, where you're just like, oh, you're that kind of gal, huh? You like yeah. dirty. Woo! No judgment. <laughs> the 2000s were a very confusing time. It was very 2000s. confusing. And you had to like pick your male fantasy and just like adopt it and be that. Was yours Backstreet Boys? I loved Backstreet Boys. <laughs> How did you know? But I, no. my first concert was Jewel. My second concert was in sync. My first concert was Lilith Fair. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. Sure oh, my do. gosh. Oh, I do remember fun. Lilith Fair. That was fun. I learned some things at that concert. I was like, wow, there's a lot of stuff going on here that I did not know existed in the world in my yeah, time. My first city. concert was in sync. Was it? Oh, yeah. Gosh. Where was it? it old. Uh, Pepsi Center in Colorado. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That would be fun. And then they disbanded. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm sure it had nothing to do with you, no, Sam. No. <laughs> you got in You can't have any guilt about that. It had nothing to do with no. you. No. Going back to the balance between Sydney having like friends, college life, work balance. What is she going to school for? Do they ever say? She's got, she wants to be an English teacher. Do they say that later? Because that's not that I haven't hit that point yet. Um, I don't know when they say it. Okay. But the reason why they say it is because her mom was an English teacher. And because her mom died in a car accident, which... That's, yeah, that's an early on. That's not giving anything away. Um, That's why she's going to graduate school. Okay. Okay. I did not know that. I I assumed it was some sort of like techie, not techie thing, but like a... Like, what are those kind of degrees that people get when they want to be like a police officer or something? Like criminal law? justice? Yeah. See, criminal yeah. justice. See, that's so funny. I didn't go there at all. Because she's reading like in the first episode, like 10 minutes into it, there's a scene where she's sitting on her couch and like looking at this book of old, like weird ciphers and things that might help her with this uh, Ribaldi situation. I remember like sitting there and thinking like, huh, I'm sure that's for work, but I wonder if maybe that's kind of the stuff she'll go into is like some weird, like ancient histories yeah. or something like really out there degree that would help her at work. But yeah, it would yeah. make sense that she just wants to do something normal. It's yeah. like, you don't want to be a spy at in your schoolwork and your, yeah. you need some work-life balance. Spies <laughs> everywhere. This is my advice to spies everywhere. You need some work-life Don't put all balance. your eggs in one basket. Yeah. You really shouldn't. You should have a backup. On, when they're in the first season, when she's on the plane with her partner, Dixon, um, Dixon says, you know, Sloan hates that, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. she looks up because she's doing homework on the plane. Yes. And he's like, she, he hates that you're in school. Yes. And she's like, basically, I'm not going to stop going to yes. school. So, and that's yeah. very important. Yes. And there's this sort of funny moment where she she's overseas. She basically gets tortured. She steals the, like bad guy device that she needs and then she brings it back and she's all like tough lady and she throws the device on her boss's desk and she's blood all over her face and she's like um i need next week off i have midterms yes <laughs> yes that was a good scene. that good. Tor- I, that um, i think that torture scene was what cemented my love for sydney bristow yeah. what about it when she says um 
she spells out who she's working for and she says you know e-m-e-t-i-b now reverse it and he write and he writes bite me Mm -hmm. and she starts laughing yes and basically says you know oh i have nothing to lose and he's like well you have teeth and he um starts prying open her jaw and she's like trying to talk and he pulls it out and he's like she's like go for the back ones yeah please start with the molars so you really responded to like the toughness of her yeah Mm -hmm. i think because i wasn't i was mm -hmm. i was you know i was just some kid who had recently moved to colorado and was experiencing culture shock from moving from a small town to a big city. That's lonely too. Yes. And I was still trying to find my place at school because they all knew each other Mm -hmm. and everything like that. And I think seeing her be so tough with everybody around her as a shield. Yeah. Like being impervious to the bad things other people do to you is a... I mean, I would have loved to be that way when I was a teenager, but Mm -hmm. I was just like a sensitive flower. (laughs) Like... Yeah. And that feeling of, I, one of my other bullet points was um, that feeling of not being able to tell everybody everything, yep. like hiding yeah. things. <clears throat> and I don't know if that's just like a protective thing teenage girls do, but even sure. if you have the most forthcoming parents who like would love you to tell them, you know, what's going on in your life, there's this feeling that you have to like hide things yeah. because everything's embarrassing. Yeah. And everything's a big deal. Yes. Mm. And like I said, I'm so much older than my brother and sister. Mm. I am 11 years older than my sister and 12 years older than my brother. Mm-hmm. So I was hitting puberty as they were born. Oh, worst. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't imagine that. It was not fun. Yeah. Can I share a quote that I read yes. today? And there's a curse word at the end, but I'm going to spell it slash put in dashes in case we have any little kiddo listeners in the car <laughs> with their grownups. Um, the grownups should get the gist. Um, it's not a terrible one. It's, it's a sassy word for bottom. Um, so this was from a 2014 Salon article. And I just want to remind you guys, the TV show ran from 2001 to 2006. So 2014, people are still writing about this, thinking about the impact of tough female characters. The Salon article is titled TV's Female Spy Problem, From Alias to the Americans, Female Spies Are a Fantasy About How Women Can Balance Family and Work. Mm. And in the article, Julia Cook, the author says, J.J. Abrams famously said that Sidney Bristow, Jennifer Garner's alias protagonist, was born of the urge to make a Felicity, the innocent student of his prior hit show, who was not what she seemed. Duplicity, the overt knowledge that the person seen is not the person contained within, was her character's central trait. Sydney turned on her dimples and toned her body, not for coquettishness or sex appeal, but to thoroughly kick someone's A dash dash. <laughs> so I was thinking a lot about duplicity and just kind of thinking about some of J.J. Abrams' other work that I mentioned, I think, in the intro. He did Lost. He did West Westerworld. Is it Westerworld or West Westworld? Westworld, Lost. He did Star Trek. He did some of the newer Star Wars movies. So I was thinking about, about you know, like going from Felicity to Alias and all these different things and what he's really trying to say about this main female character. And so I was going back and forth and I said, you know, these were the questions I was asking myself today. Is Sydney still supposed to be this perfect woman? She has healthy friendships. She's going to school while working. She's trying to make family relationships work, both with the fiance at the beginning, trying to make amends with her father. Is the show about a woman who can have it all in the best sense, like she's in control of her own life and destiny? Is it just another reminder of society's expectations around women as being able to have it all, but literally almost dying while trying to do it? Or is J.J. Abrams saying something about society? Is he is he trying to call out society for their for what we think about women as far as working parent? You know, I think a lot about working parents that work full time, deal with the kids, have all these responsibilities. Especially, I still feel like everything I've read says that women still do more of the house life mm-hmm. balance based on kids and housework or is jj abrams complacent in his treatment of sydney like mm. i've been thinking about this all morning you know the show's good <laughs> because the show is so good and it's like 
I still haven't figured out if it's any of those things. Maybe it's just supposed to be like a fluff show where you just sit and you enjoy it. But that's those are the questions I thought this morning. I'm like, well, does he have a point or is this just fun? Um, well, knowing what I it's know. It's a lot to unpack. I realize <laughs> I just gave you guys like a lot. That was a, that was great. It was a that's a great question and it's one I haven't thought about. Mm-hmm. But knowing what I know about the what happens later on, it's not easy for her it it will never be easy for her um sam so desperately wants to say what happens later (laughs) on but she like the look on your face you're trying so hard to like say something without giving too much away and i appreciate yeah because i'm like ooh, don't tell me yeah yeah because i hate being spoiled i will spoil myself yeah i kind of did when i was researching yeah i did a little bit too like i'm gonna unread that in my brain (laughs) like i love the website does the dog die (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good... Uh, does it just tell you bad stuff that happens? Thank you. It? It'll tell you if something bad happens, so I you can be prepared sometimes. for that. I should keep that written down. We have a couple of parents that ask questions like that with kids' books. It's yeah. Like, I, read I don't one. know if it's for kids' books, but it okay. definitely works for movies. I'm going to create one for kids' books, and then I'm going to I'm gonna get ads on the side and start making my millions. There right you there, go. Guys. But... I don't think her friendships are healthy mm-hmm. because she's lying to them. Yeah. So it could just even be a combination of the both. Yes, it's fun. It's a fun show to watch. Like like I said, I mm-hmm. just put it on and let it play. And when I see something I like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember watching this for the first time. Yeah, and she's very self... I was thinking about this, man. That she's very self-sacrificing, which is a thing that women are told to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, you, like she's doing all of this basically for the good of all. But she also, like, the going to school thing, she's not going to give that up. Like, there no. are things that she... No, she's definitely fighting for the things that matter for her. Yes. Yeah. Like, I'm still going to have this life that I want to have, even if I do have to do this, all this self-sacrifice. Like, there are some things I'm not willing to compromise on, and I think that's yeah. inspiring, too. Mm-hmm. So um, it said that the show was canceled. Alias was canceled in 2006. Yes. Um, ratings started dropping, yeah? Yes. Ratings were dropping, and it looked like the phrase jump the shark was thrown around a lot yeah. with some of the later things. They tried. They, the, the show's been retooled several times mm-hmm. over the course of the five years. In the fifth season, like I said, it was it was shorter. Like most of the seasons were 22 mm-hmm. episodes long. This one was 17, and it went on hiatus for four or five months because Jennifer Garner was pregnant mm. um, and she gave birth at that point. And they tried to replace the magic that made the show good at the beginning of this, when it first started with new actors. Yeah. And no. it was just, and then it just got weird. Yeah. They said <laughs> like when a show is dying and they like hook up the characters whose sexual tension yeah. makes the show really good. New girl, I'm thinking of you. And then they have someone get pregnant. It's just like, Oh, Mindy project. I'm looking at you oh, or it just turns the show. Example it goes in a place where you're just like, Oh my God, exactly what you said. Why it was going so well. Why did you have to like do that very obvious thing that right. happens to a lot of people in the world it's like just keep running with what is working i will tell you when it went on like i got why it was going on hiatus Mm -hmm. but when it came back i was a freshman in college nope too too much time had passed right no i still watched it i kicked my roommates out of our room (laughs) turned on the tv and burst into tears because i had missed it so much it had been what was it every sunday night it had been every sunday night a part of my life for so long yes mm-hmm. that it was just it was so good to see it again it would Even, have been really funny if your roommates were really into the show too but you're like you have to get out and they're just like god where are we gonna watch alias tonight <laughs> you no know, i was just like bye <laughs> i don't know if i could ever feel that way about a movie like i think a tv show i have tv shows like that that are like my comfort yeah mm-hmm. I remember having this little debate with a guy from Barnes and Noble and he was like, you know, it's so weird. People um, don't ever like to read short stories. Like short stories aren't as popular as novels. Um, they, it's a shorter commitment. It's a shorter commitment. And he's like, but they'll, you know, they like TV and that's a shorter commitment. And I was like, no, it isn't. Like TV is a serialized story that's huge. Yeah. Like that's not shorter. Right. And so you get like 
super into it and you get to know the character so well and they become like so important to you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I love movies, but I, I don't know if I could feel that way necessarily. You don't have it coming into your house every Sunday at nine or whatever. Right. It's so funny because when I was younger, I loved watching TV shows for that very reason. It's like you get so sucked into the world and you get sucked into the character's life since it's a good way for like escapism and everything. But as an adult, I like movies more because I don't want to make that emotional commitment anymore. And I feel like there's so much stuff out there that's so intense. So a lot of times Mm -hmm. I put on something that is familiar friends, which I think, I I don't know if I was saying once we started taping or or before, um, that's my favorite show. So that's like my comfort food for my soul. Or we put in a lot of like a movie in the background while we're doing stuff that's like, background noise something we've seen ten thousand times like mm-hmm. star wars lord of the rings harry potter um but it's funny i i don't want that thing anymore it's like what when does the switch flip for some people and why mm. mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to say about the show before we do our read-alikes oh um, watch alikes read and watch alikes oh you have read-alikes too. <gasps> oh i got the watch alikes perfect good Um, other than I think everybody should watch this show because I think it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's got critically, like I said, it has critically acclaimed episodes. Mm -hmm. The season two finale is, um, there's a scene that's been regarded as the best in television history. The season finale? Of season two. Of season two. Um, like the end of season two leads straight into season three. And it's just the way that they build the mythology and Sydney's character and the other characters that are with her is Mm -hmm. just great. Her character development is probably some of my favorite in television. Oh, good. I can't wait to keep watching. Thank you so much for being with us today. Of course. Thank you for letting me ramble about the show. This is all we do is we ramble about the things we love. Joyful Um, ramblings. So real quick, I know we're kind of coming up on time. Some TV show watch-alikes. And now these are all kind of based on spy-themed things. Um, (laughs) I have Fringe. I have The Americans. I love the Americans. I never watched that. So Fringe good. is so good. I didn't watch Fringe. See, Fringe look at this. Good. People that like Alias, guys, these are these watch-alikes are working. Um, designated <laughs> Survivor, um, Homeland, and then there was one called Covert Affairs, which um, kind of sounds similar. Woman goes from a beginner to kind of like keeps getting better and better, rises through the ranks. Uh, a show called Undercovers, which was also written by J.J. Abrams. And a show called Archer, which is a spy who works with his mother. So much like the family parallel is the dynamic between Sydney and her dad. Mm -hmm. So I kind of thought if you like those family dynamics as well and some of that family emotion. And that was another thing I wanted to mention real fast that I forgot in another article I read. They talked about how this was not a traditional spy show because of all the emotional elements. I think so. With her family dynamics, the fiance at the beginning, her closeness with her one bestie, some sexual tension with somebody else i'm not going to say because i don't want to give it away and then um her relationship with her dad she has all these elements that make it kind of watchable almost like a family drama with spy stuff you so. wouldn't see that in like james bond you james wouldn't see bond that that's like exactly what they said life. they said it has like the emotional maturity that james bond lacks so. yes maybe you wrote the same article as me no i just came up with that in my oh, brain smarty pants <laughs> i've right. seen covert affairs by the way is it good yes see it all right so i brought some read-alikes from the teen collection and from the adult collection oh, I love it. um heist society by ali carter mm-hmm. is a ya book have you read it sam i have not it's about a daughter of an international art thief and she follows in his footsteps and i think the book follows her trying to have to save yep. him um so that has that father daughter thing and also sneaking around and doing stuff mm-hmm. um the disreputable history of frankie landau banks by e lockhart all of e lockhart's books are good Um, This one is especially smart, I thought. It's about a girl whose boyfriend is in an all-male secret society, and her boyfriend, who's kind of like an unremarkable person, gets to be a part of this secret, sort of like a fraternity, Mm -hmm. and she gets mad that she can't be in it, so she uses her smarts to infiltrate it and take it down. Um, Codename Verity by Elizabeth Wine. Wine? Wine? Um, The main character is a spy who um, her plane crashes, she and her best friend are in a plane. Her best friend's the pilot. The plane crashes and she's arrested by the Gestapo and she has to, the story is her revealing her mission to the Gestapo because otherwise they'll kill her. Um, so it's a friendship story, but it's also uh, has some spy wartime elements. Um, the real obvious adult 
book that I brought was um, The Spy Who Came In From the Cold mm-hmm. or Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy mm-hmm. by John Le Carre. Any of his books are good. Um, they're based on his own experience in the MI5 and the MI6 as a secret agent. So those are great. Born Identity are books too. If you have watched the movies and you want to try the books, they're, they were books first mm-hmm. um, by Robert Ludlum. And then a sort of a uh, random one I brought was the Leanne Moriarty books. So those aren't they aren't so spy fighting person, but it does have those twists and turns that Alias has. But hers are more su- suburban fiction, so oh like gosh, Big Little Lies. fiction. That's a good descriptor. Is it, good? it is a yeah. good descriptor. Have you read her books or watched the, the Big Little Lies series was really popular, A Husband's Secrets. Like What's the Nine Perfect Strangers? Yeah, Nine Perfect I, Strangers. I read that because I wanted to watch the series because I really like Melissa McCarthy. And then it's not her most beloved no and so i watched the trailer after of course and then i was like i'm gonna hard pass on that but i enjoyed the book i was like where the heck is this going and then i was like well that's not where i thought it was gonna Mm -hmm. go um i did really quickly look up a couple titles that i know we have uh for kids since you did the teen and adults um there is spy school by Stuart gibbs which is a really popular series that we have here all of Stuart gibbs books are very fun Mm -hmm. funny um, and very popular with our kids here at the Troy Public Library. Um, Mac B. Kids Spy. That's another series. Um, this isn't traditionally spy, but it's kind of mystery elements. Is the Theodore Boone set by John Grisham. It's kids for John Grisham. It's one of those books that I have a lot of adults come down and actually ask for it. Oh, because wow. it's still John Grisham. John Grisham they'll read it. Yeah. And I guess it's actually pretty good. So it's been on my kind of list for a while. <laughs> uh, Secret Agent Sixth Grader. That's a series by oh, Marcus fun. Emerson. And the Mysterious Benedict Society. Oh, sure. um, I've recommended that for people. That's a great book. That is fun. Um, That's one where kids get really into it. And I had a girl come in and she showed me her personal copy where she had written all these notes when she was trying to figure out what was going on. It was adorable. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Thank Sam. you for inviting me. This was really me. fun. Thanks for getting me to watch something I forgot I really enjoyed. Yeah, stupid Victor. <laughs> and I was an ogling Vic. <laughs> oh, my buddy. <laughs> All right, bye. 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 Thank you for listening to The Books We Loved, a podcast through the Troy Public Library. You can find more information about the books and library services we mentioned in the show on our website at troypl.org slash podcast. If you would like to suggest a topic for future discussion, please email us at podcast at troypl.org. Thank you for listening and happy reading.